for years I thought, oh, this is spiritual warfare. I'm fasting and praying against it. <laughs> and it was me. I was lawless. I was not obeying the Father's word. So he had to chasten me. Welcome to Walk Like a Hebrew. I'm your host, Jody O'Dell. Here on Walk Like a Hebrew, I sit down with regular people, most of whom would describe themselves as good Christians, and we talk about what exactly it was that pulled them off the wide, wide path of mainstream Christianity and onto this extremely narrow way. This way includes reading the whole Bible, believing the whole Bible is meant for all, and walking out our faith according to the whole Bible, including the books of Moses known as Torah. Most of us have spent a huge chunk of our lives calling the Torah the law. So I ask you, what does it mean, biblically speaking, to be lawless? If you're new to Torah life and have questions, or if you're a believer trying to figure out what this whole Bible business is all about, please find me on Facebook or Instagram at Walk Like a Hebrew, and let's talk about it. In episode 33, I sat down with Cynthia Thompson, who is known as Cindy's Pantry on Facebook. Cindy and I had a wonderful conversation about her journey into this deeper faith walk, the difference between being educated and being an encourager, and her discovery of exactly why her Christian walk had not been as successful as she thought it should be. Welcome to Walk Like a Hebrew. I'm Jody O'Dell, and I'm here this afternoon with Cynthia Thompson of Pennsylvania. You may know Cynthia from Cindy's Pantry on Facebook if you're part of any of the Torah-keeping Facebook forums. Cindy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jody. It's such a nice thing to be able to get to meet you and talk with you a little bit. I love connecting with people. That's like my favorite part of this mm -hmm. project of mm -hmm. mine. <laughs> so can you just give us a little background on yourself and where you've come from? Okay. Well, uh, my roots are pretty much in Delaware, and that's where all my grandchildren and family are, and I'm getting ready to go see them this week, hopefully. Um, my background is <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, a journey. It's, let's say it's a journey. Um, but in relation to Torah, um, I was a Christian for 55 years and loved being a Christian. I love Jesus. I now call him Yeshua, you know, but I don't have a problem with the name, you know, whatever people feel comfortable with because I believe we need to give a lot of grace and a lot of mercy and I hope somebody's listening to me say that <laughs> yeah. but um anyway um I had been in every church there was you know everything I was raised in the assemblies of God I was in all different denominations you know searching and seeking and whatnot but I, I had a friend that started talking to me about Sabbath and that she'd been to Israel and this and that, you know, and I was intrigued by it because I always loved the Jews and I watched The Hiding Place when I was a young girl, you know, with Corey Tin Boom and I was fascinated by all that. And uh, anyway, so it was like a really slow thing, but then I gradually just started keeping Sabbath with her. We were doing Sabbath and Sunday and uh, just learning more and gleaning more and it, just the Father slowly opening up my eyes. But then... um Someone in Delaware, uh, Messianic Delaware, started a gathering, and I went to that one night, and I learned more. And then they suggested that I listen to the video Identity Crisis by Jim Staley, and I did. And it, wow, it just really opened my eyes big time. It was the two house thing, and I don't even, I'm not a teacher, so I don't even know how to explain the two house thing, but always before, I thought it was all about the Jews, you know, but when I saw that, I realized about the scattered tribes and everything, and that was just eye-opening to me. 
So would you say that Identity Crisis by Jim Staley, that was the thing that was like the catalyst? That, that, that was the big trigger. I cried for four hours, I tell everybody. And the thing that I cried the most was because I had understanding at last of what was really going on. But I also cried for sorrow for all the years that I've been teaching half-truths. Not teaching, but discipling. I have discipled people over the years, and I just realized why my Christianity wasn't quite working because I didn't have the whole package, you know. So that's part of why I'm glad to talk to you because I want to prevent anybody from making the mistakes that I made, you know, because I just didn't know. So I figured the more information we get out there, and thank you that we are in the information age, and you can find everything you want to know about Torah right online right now, but any time now, they're going to be taking it all down. But I feel like I am kind of like a Jane... A Jane the Baptist in the wilderness, you know, just saying, prepare the way of the Lord. And his way is Torah, you know. Like I said, don't quote me on anything uh, as far as teaching or scriptures. You know, I certainly know some of them, but that's not my thing. I'm an exhorter, and I like okay. to do the work of an evangelist. I like to encourage people. Yeah, and we need so much of that. We need so much mm. of that in this the way the world is right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The decline mm-hmm. of the culture in the United States is... It's shocking, and I imagine it's just as bad around the world. Oh, yeah, it is. I I was in Panama for 18 months and uh, about four or five years ago, and, you know, it's everywhere, and I get reports. Of course, when you have a presence on Facebook and you have a lot of friends, I hear from people all over the world of things that are going on, and it's, it's, it's a lot to pray about, and that's why I started my nightly prayer meetings now. I was doing it four nights a week, but I've decided to do it every night for even a few minutes because I feel like there's such a vast need and people just need to get quiet before the Lord and know that somebody else is there and has concerns. And I believe in the power of prayer. I really, really do. I've seen so many miracles and I was a single mother for many years and the father just met our needs. But corporate prayer is what I really believe is needed in this hour. We need to come together, even if it's just on Facebook, you know, to pray against these things. Now, we can't stop revelation. We can't stop prophecy. But we can pray for our families. That is my big, big thing is to pray for my family to get full revelation. And for myself, I want more revelation, you know. Yeah, that's a good project to have. I don't want to call it a project. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful ministry. Well, he just led me to it because I just felt so all alone. And I had tried to start, you know, little gatherings in my apartment or this or that, and I invited people to come, but I just was really having a hard time. And a friend mentioned to me, well, why don't you do uh, Facebook Live? I go, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, then she showed me how to do it. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's so easy, you know. So I just <laughs> yeah. said, I tell everybody, you can preach the gospel around the world with your phone and your voice. So I've got those two things right now. So I'm I'm using it. But I have gotten good feedback because, like I said, barely anybody was coming to the in-person prayer meetings. but some nights I have a hundred people online with me and it's wonderful, but I'm happy if I have just one person, you know, because it helps me not to feel alone. So I figure if it helps me, it maybe it's helping somebody else. So has Torah life been lonely? I mean, specifically yes. being in Torah it, versus being in Christianity. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Because I'm the first one, nobody in my family. Well, they're starting to wake up a little bit now, but you know, for six years, it has been a very lonely misunderstandings, uh, you know, and plus me just having to learn along the way. And I've made my mistakes and gone too far this way or too far that way. I'm trying to be more in the middle, walking in mercy and grace and understanding, you know, loving everybody. That's Yeshua's way is the way of love. I, I have never been a Torah terrorist, but I have certainly been around them. And I'm sure that they 
wore off on me a little bit more than I realized, you know, but um, I just think we've got to show so much mercy. But I have this friend and he says to me all the time now, it's the funniest thing. He says, why do people hate me? Because I'm trying not to sin. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that good? Wow. (laughs) I I (laughs) think that is so profound. That is so profound. You know, you will find people that literally hate you because they don't understand you, but because they're indoctrinated in what they're in and they just cannot see it. You know, I couldn't see it until I saw it. I never actually never even heard of it. I was like, oh, that's a Jewish thing. That's what everybody always hears, you know. Mm -hmm. But then when you begin to see it, you're like, wow, we have really been missing the boat all these years you know so yeah yeah it's been lonely and uh, a narrow road but like I was telling you before I interviewed that sometimes I've started to enjoy my loneliness because it gives me a lot more time with the father you know but I'm I'm a social butterfly I love to be with people whenever I can it's it's just I've had to die to myself I mean I really had to die to myself and just say this is not about me it's about obeying him and but this is the thing after six years now I'm beginning to see the light at the end of the tunnel and I'm seeing more joy and because more the fruit of it is coming you know what I'm saying and um, I'm seeing more blessings of obedience there's been blessings of obedience from day one really but more blessings the more obedient you are it's just like a mother and child if the child cleans the room like okay you get an extra brownie or something you don't clean your room no brownies for you So, but he is so merciful. Even when we don't clean our room, he he loves us, and he's trying to get us to clean up our act so that we will be uh, more fruitful, more productive for his kingdom. You know. Well, you know, it does take a while before you can before after you plant a tree, it's going to mm-hmm. be a while before it's, you yeah. can partake in that fruit, especially if you're keeping toilet. right. You can't right. Keep, and I heard you can't eat the fruit the first year, the second year, no, the third year. No. No, it's true. And I, I was so surprised by that because, you know, I'm an impatient American. You know, I things yesterday. Yeah, yeah. But I did hear that, I think it's the banana tree. Forgive me if I'm misquoting, but there's some tree that you sow the seed and it doesn't come up at all for 25 years. But when it comes up, it really shoots through the sky kind of thing. You wow. know? So, and, and we're all different. We're planting all different kinds of trees, you know. Some are oaks, some are banana trees or whatever, you know. So we don't really know. But that's where we have to leave it to him. Our job is to sow the seeds. I, the nice thing is, as a Christian, I always felt like I had to get people saved. I've totally lost that. I still feel a responsibility that, I, of course, I want to see everybody have salvation and that type of thing. But I know it's the Father's work. My job is to... So the seed, he draws them by his spirit, you know. Yeah, I'm actually glad to hear you say that. I posited that same theory. Well, I I don't know if it's a theory or not, but I said something similar to a friend of mine in the mainstream church not long after I came to Torah, and she just thought I was off my rocker. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know. Well... I know, believe me, we used to, you know, take names and numbers and count up and, you know, I remember going to like Methodist churches when I was a kid and they have that sign on the wall, how many were saved this week, how many were baptized, they were keeping track of it for headquarters, you know. And so that is one thing I love about the Torah movement, it's a much more free thing. Now there are some people that are more into that aspect, but actually it was a teaching by, um, family by Steve Mutria that I mention all the time that really set me free. It's called church leadership. And uh, it really helped me to start speaking up as a woman, as a divorced woman, because in many denominations, somebody like me has no voice. But uh, you have to listen to it to understand it all. But, you know, I believe we are in the end times and that his spirit is on his handmaidens and that it's like um, he's using everybody and anybody that will speak for him, you know. So 
So I have really gotten over that fear, but it took me quite a while to get over it because, of course, I didn't want to do anything wrong to bring shame to his name. But I also um, was a little bit like Moses and like, why me? Why do you want to use me when there's so many people that are more prolific, something. more whatever? More, more something, more everything. <laughs> more yeah. something, yeah. But I, what I've figured out is that I'm a cheerleader and I just go on there and I say, look, I'm a number one preacher. Hey, if you're number 10, you go for it, you know, but at least I'm out here doing what I know to do, you know. <laughs> right. That is very encouraging. And I'll make sure that we put a link to that oh. by Steve Mutria in the in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a yeah. very good video. And basically, in a nutshell, like I said, I'm not a teacher. He is. But he says there is no Jerusalem council now. So think about it. There's nobody truly up line to be accountable to, as far as I know. And I'm totally willing to be corrected. I've had so many paradigm shifts and, you know, whatnot. So... I'm not saying thus said the Lord, but this made sense to me. You know, now in the Catholic Church, of course, the Pope is way up there, so everybody answers to him, but I'm not answering to him. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, isn't it, how when you come into Torah, you learn really fast to hold your beliefs more loosely than you did. Yes, you do. You do. But you also, you're so starved because you've only had the half truth for so long. I mean, I lived on YouTube videos as everybody does because you're so interested. But then you have to get to the point, and this is where I give my Christy Jordan plug. I do Bible study with her every day. <laughs> yeah. And, you, uh, you know, we, we, even though I have a master's degree in, in the Bible, I don't know everything by a long shot, you know. But I've had to relearn everything, throw out a whole bunch of stuff, bring in a whole bunch more. But like I said, I have a bit of a short-term memory thing going on. I'm praying against that every day or praying for healing. But I'm not like a real critical thinker. Um, what's the word? I'm more of a visionary type, you know. I'm not right. a detailed person, you know. But I, I value those people. And I have a really good friend that is teaching me so much. And he is so detailed, you know. We need that. But at the same time, we need people like me who are just like enthusiastic. And it's like, ah, this is so wonderful. Because it is wonderful to walk in the Father's ways. There's so many blessings, you know. Well, let's talk some specifics, okay? Um Okay. One of the things that I get feedback-wise from new people is they like to hear how keeping Torah has changed their day-to-day life. Okay. Because yeah. because going I, from mainstream Christianity, uh-huh. you know, where you're, right. you're a Christian, but uh-huh. and that's right. separate, into uh-huh. Torah, uh-huh. it's not just a paradigm shift, but it's a lifestyle shift. Yeah, so, it really is. Yeah. Can you talk about okay. the lifestyle changes from yeah, keeping sure, Torah? Yeah, sure, sure. And I, too, I call them Torah babies. There used to be a ministry called Torah babies, but I think it's defunct now. But I think oh, that's yeah. a good name for it. But, I, I mean, even though I'm six years, I still feel like a toddler. You know, I'm still toddling around. I still fall down and everything. But all of us are really Torah babies because most of us have not done this for generations, you know. So we have so much backlog behind us of the wrong way. But the daily thing, the biggest thing for me that I notice a difference is the shalom because I was really a nervous Nelly, a, a single mother, the cares of the world, you know, all that. But when I started keeping Sabbath and, you know, respecting that and, and doing more and more things, I really did feel more shalom come. And it's just been a gradual thing. It's not overnight, but I have much more peace than I ever had before. So that would be the biggest thing. Um, because I'm single, I live alone. I don't have a family, so I don't have routines, which is good and bad, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, I have some friends that I, they help me remember, you know, okay, we're doing this feast, we're doing that, you know, because it, it does get confusing and there's like 10 different calendars out there and it can be really, <laughs> oh. <laughs> to yeah, figure the calendars. Out 
there's, yeah, it can really be crazy who to follow. But once again, we know that we're, you know, he's going to straighten all that out when he comes. We're just doing this to please him the best we can right now, you know? Yeah. Like I said, because I'm single, it's it's not like I have a set routine. I just, I really follow the spirit. Now, I'm a little bit of a different kind of tour keeper, and I'm sure, you know, like I said, there's is almost as many different types of Torah keepers as there are Christians these days. <laughs> but I, because I came from a very charismatic background and I still consider myself very charismatic, I believe fully in the gifts of the Spirit and people being set free and all that. I worked for Teen Challenge. I saw many miracles over the years. But um, in the Torah community, I was a little shocked by that. They're not really as moving in the gifts and in the Spirit as I thought. I'm not saying they don't have it, but there's more of an emphasis on the Word and I would never say not to emphasize the word, but I think there's got to be a balance. There's got to be a better balance. That's my opinion. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that a lot. My personal take on that, on why that may be, is because the paradigm shift is so shocking Mm -hmm. that personally, Mm -hmm. I felt like I needed to sort of retreat. Kind of Mm -hmm. the way Paul did after the Damascus Road incident. Paul went away. He didn't immediately go out and start preaching to the Gentiles. Right. He went away and studied for years to make sure he knew what he was talking about Mm -hmm. and could back everything up before he got out there. It's almost as if we set aside the emotion of Christianity Mm -hmm. for a time Mm -hmm. and the gifts in order to learn. Mm -hmm. And once we have the foundation, then we're free to go and pick the emotion and the gifts and all that back up and put them together. I don't know if that's uh, well, accurate. I, that's just my well, own I, take. Yeah, well, I, re- I respect that. And I know somebody told me, oh, well, you're really not supposed to tell anybody about your tour experience until you've walked it out for five years ago. Well, I blew that the first week because I was so excited. <laughs> I am I am the woman at the well. Now, I've not had five husbands. I've only had two. Then they were the same person. But anyway, but, you know, it's that kind of thing. It's like. I have to tell everybody this. I was a salesperson all my life. I have to tell people this is the best cookie you ever ate in your life, you know, that kind of thing. And so when I got a hold of Torah, I was just like, I have to tell everybody. So I think it's different strokes for different personalities. You know, I think you're going to be a real teacher. You do need to go apart and and put it all together and package it up and all that. But if you're somebody like me, that's just kind of like a cheerleader. I think that fits me, you know, but at the same time, I don't, at the same time, yeah, at the same time, I do not want to lead anybody astray. I'm constantly going to the Father and saying, Father, if there's anything I've said on Facebook or even praying, please correct me. I will repent on Facebook. And I try to give that disclaimer all the time. I am not a teacher. I'm not a teacher. But at the same time, I know I have to be responsible because we're all disciples. And you can anyway. be a Titus II woman now. Yes, and I and I long to do that. I really want to. That is my biggest thing. I tell people, I don't want you to have to go through what I went through. I really banged my head on the wall for years and not knowing what I was doing wrong. Like I told you earlier, I was like, for years, I thought, oh, this is spiritual warfare. I'm fasting and praying against it. <laughs> and it yeah. was me. I was lawless. I was not obeying the Father's word. So he had to chasten me. So like I said, things are so much more peaceful not to say that I don't get attacks or different setbacks or whatever, but I handle them a whole lot better than I used to, you know. So what do you call yourself? I want to ask you that same question because I have gone the gambit. You know, of course, in the beginning, I was messianic, and then I was Torah observant, and then I was Torah pursuant. And now even those names have gotten 
you know, Hebrew roots, all that kind of stuff. I just say I'm a fisher of men, and that's what I love. I love fishing on the Internet, just sowing seeds, putting stuff out there. People respond. I respond back to them. I try to help them. If I don't know it, I try to get answers for them. You know, I'm a whole Bible believer, of course. Yeshua said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So, Oh, hallelujah. I, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, well, You're the first one who has said that to me. So. Oh, I wow. Well, well, it's just, especially since like last August, I've always, ever since I got into Torah, I've been putting all kind of teachings and encouragement about Torah. But, you know, I see what's coming. I see the handwriting on the wall with, you know, the end times and all that. And I really felt like he was telling me to speed it up and to, to fish more. And so I really did. I mean, I'm, I'm almost, well, I don't say 24-7, but I am a, a poster, you know, and I'm not ashamed yeah. of that because one post can go to India tonight and touch somebody's life. And I just tell people very nicely, I said, listen, if I bother you, please, I'm not offended. Block me, unfriend me, whatever, because I've got to reach people that don't know. You know, I'm glad. I'm good. You go your way. I'll go mine. You know, because I know I'm a little bit over the top for some people. <laughs> you know, they, they can only yeah. read one post a day, but, you know. I just see it as a vast ocean of information that we need to get out. Can you share your favorite resources with us? Well, <laughs> I've been the gambit with that, too. And I'm going to pull a Christy Jordan and say the Bible. <laughs> Perfect. I'm, I'm getting seriously back to the Bible because, like I said, I have been in every YouTube camp online. And I'm I'm like, that scripture, I don't know how to say it right, but the one that says, whoever's doing it, don't stop them from doing it because even if they're doing it wrong, they're putting something up. You know what scripture I'm talking about? I know I'm totally... I do. Yeah, and I'm trying to I'm trying to pull it out yeah. of this. It's like, so. don't shut people down um, because they're preaching. They're preaching the gospel the best they know how and even if they are wolves in sheep's clothing, they are still putting some of the word out there, you know? So yeah. anyway, I have been disillusioned at times in my tour walk by different ministries and stuff and I definitely would never say who they are because that's not for me to say. Some people may need to do that to expose people, but that's not my job. My job is to encourage the body, you know, but I I would really stick with the Bible, get with a a group like Christy Jordan's or something where they give you some nuggets to chew on, but they really want you to do the work yourself and get in there and learn, you know. Yes. Can you say the name of that ministry? Chrissy Jordan's Front Porch Ministry. Now, the thing is, she has like 12,000 people reading the Bible with her every day. It's amazing. And mm-hmm. I found her through a ministry called Shofars at Sunset, which I started sounding the shofar a year ago uh, every night with this group. And it's like 3,000 people in the, around the world with the shofar every night. But anyway, then out of that, I found out that she had this Bible study that she's been doing for years online. So I signed up for it in January. So you have to get in in January. But I post her stuff almost every day because it's inspirational. You can follow along in the Bible and read her notes, but you just can't connect with other people until right. you sign up. Does that make sense? So anyway, Christy Jordan's Front Porch Fellowship. I think she's pretty safe. I don't agree with anybody about anything anymore. <laughs> you, know, you know how it is. We all have we all have yes. different things we disagree, but I see a lot of love in her and I see that she really wants people to, to learn for themselves. And I think that's very safe because we all, I have gotten off track many times following different ministries, different personalities. And I tell people all the time, please don't follow me. Follow him. Be a fisher of men, you know. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Cindy. I really appreciate mm-hmm. you sitting down with me. Thank you for listening to Walk Like a Hebrew. 
You can find links to the resources mentioned in this episode in the show notes on your podcast app by visiting the link tree in our Instagram bio and Facebook or by visiting sheholdsforth.com. There are many ways to support this program, including donating at sheholdsforth.com, making Amazon affiliate link purchases from the show notes, or by getting yourself some sweet Walk Like a Hebrew merchandise on eBay or Etsy. And please like and share our Facebook page, subscribe to Walk Like a Hebrew on your podcast app or YouTube, follow us on Instagram, and leave reviews anywhere and everywhere you can. All these things will help get the word out about Walk Like a Hebrew. And as always, many, many thanks to my friend Jack Lane for the music. May Yahovah bless you. We'll catch you next time.